You're listening to The Humans Podcast, featuring Jasmine Ray and Jimmy Two Hats. Season 1, Episode 1. I do have a question. Okay. Well, I have something that's up for me, which is that uh, I think with, with COVID and with quarantine and everything like that, now we're all having different kind of experiences of the pandemic and some people are having an easier time than others, obviously. Yeah. But I think what is very much in common with everybody is that everybody is reevaluating things and everybody's feeling like, um, this isn't working for me. Everyone kind of realizes what has not been working for them. Right. And a lot of Some people, of those people think it's wearing a mask that's not working for them. Well, <laughs> that is true. And in fact, they need to go to therapy to figure out what's really not working yeah. for them. But face face coverings. That's a different. But yeah, episode. all the downtime that people mm-hmm. have, where they're at home because they're working from home, or when we were quarantining, you had to be yeah. home. People are probably definitely reassessing and reevaluating their lives. I know I have for sure. Well, and that's my question: is I feel like everyone is reevaluating things, and so many people I know have are taking this opportunity, whether they wanted to or not, to really um, do something that feels good for them. Everyone is wanting to, and not everyone, a lot of people are wanting to make a life change right now. Yeah. I know that I am. So I'm curious for you, what, like, what has come up for you? And do you feel like you're... That's a good question. Yeah. I'm going to see your question and raise you a question. Oh, okay. um, do you think... Sometimes we call that deflecting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to see your question and deflect. Yeah, great. Do you think that this is... Because to answer your question, I'll start with that. Yes, I have. I've had some moments of like, what do I want to do with my life? But I've had those every six to ten months. But this one's been more intense mm-hmm. and more specific because I've had so much time to like be by myself and reflect. Right. Literally by myself. No friends, no girlfriend, no... Nobody Kids. cares about me, right? Yeah. Nobody cares. Is Nobody this cares the appropriate time to be doing that? Like, isn't it not a good idea to be doing these things because you are already stressed out, concerned, overwhelmed, overwrought, probably emotionally all over the place because you've been locked in your house for 18 weeks. Um, and yeah, it's good to have that self-reflection, that reevaluation, but is this really the best time to be you know, maybe it is because you're at your worst to some extent, but it's also like the the, the level of clarity with some people is not 100%, if that makes any sense. When change calls, we don't have, uh, we don't have the authority to say no. And so I would say, yes, it is that time. And I really feel like Right. What's happening now is we don't most of us don't have the distractions of daily life. And so now we're being forced to sit with ourselves without those distractions. Right. And so then the question, no, not the question, but the my perspective is that you lean into what is uncomfortable to you. And so, so many people are uncomfortable I do? right now. Yeah, you do. Oh, we all do. I mean, everybody does. Yeah, everybody. We have to. I feel like you were well, you don't have me to. specifically. Yeah. You don't have to. I don't know what you mean by that. Like, we f- pursue things that we're not comfortable with? No, we should. So, oh. so like, at this time, whether you're uncomfortable because with your you're with your family 24-7 or... Yeah. You're uncomfortable because of the lack of social contact or right. or you don't like your job or you're realizing, crap, I can't do this job. Um, maybe I need to find something else or right. that's not what I wanted to do anyway. Like whatever is coming up for you right now, I think it's a really good opportunity to engage that resistance and discomfort. And my whole... Um, my whole ethos is really approaching things with a sense of curiosity, mm-hmm. so that when I feel when I'm feeling resistant to something, it's I try and get curious about it instead of just accepting my resistance. I'm right. like, okay, why am I resistant to this? Or when's the last time that happened, though? Well, that happens every day. But like, give me an example. Like, I'm resistant to working out. I'm resistant oh, to keeping a me routine. Too. I'm resistant to not eating pizza every night. I'm resistant to many things that I I, right. I think I should do for myself. 
but at the same time, I know, like you said, I'm also reevaluating things. And, you know, I've been a counselor for about five years. Um, and now I've decided to pursue a career in coaching. Yeah. And I don't think I would have taken those steps if it hadn't been for COVID. Now, this is like a very privileged and idealistic point of view for me to hold. The fact that like I went into quarantine and I was like, I'm going to read, I'm going to rediscover my life and I'm going to recreate it. And I know that other people have had like a much harder time. Yeah. But I think that what is really consistent is this idea that everybody's reevaluating. And so then what do you do once you reevaluate? How do you, how do we come out of this in and lead lives that are more fulfilling and interesting and much more in line with what we really want as individual human beings. Well, that, that's the other thing is, do you think that the world is ever going to be the same again? Like, I don't think we're ever going to get back to 100% normalcy. No, I don't think so either. And I think that's a big... Um, that's, I think, the thing that is a downer for me. I'm pretty much a positive person. You know that. They always used to call me Pauly Positive when I was in high school. Yeah, okay. Because I'm always spreading the sunshine. But yeah, okay. it's tough to think... Spreading your butt cheeks is not like spreading <laughs> the sunshine. That was the nickname for my butt, sunshine. <laughs> oh, he's spreading sunshine again. <laughs> in the middle of math class. Um, the, uh, the fact that people are ready... To get back to normal. And mm -hmm. some people have already decided it's time to get back to normal. Because you have a threshold for what you're going to accept. And some people's threshold was like the first week and they're like, I'm not staying home. Fuck you. And then other people, it was like, I'm going to ride this out until the world kind of gets back on track. And we find that there's there's progress being made with tempering this, this illness. And... Then that didn't happen. It actually got worse and people were like, ah, but I also sort of feel like we gave it enough time. So what, what is, how do you calibrate when we're ready to go back to real, to real world? When do you, how do you figure out that this is the time to make that transition into going back to real life, mm -hmm. going back to reality, back to life. That's okay. actually going to be the theme song when we crack this virus. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Seriously, don't you think that's would that be work? No, I'm saying um, it's going to be America's theme song, song because we'll have gotten out of it, and it's like back to life, back to reality. Anyway, go ahead. Well, I'm feeling Who sings like that, by the way, Bill Bib DeVoe. I don't know. Don't, I'm gonna look it up. Don't sorry, talk go ahead. over me. After sorry, you ask me sorry. A question. <laughs> sorry. Jesus. I asked you a follow-up question. Jesus. Who sings "Back to Life, Back to Reality"? Well, that I don't know, but <laughs> stop it. What I do know. I don't remember what I asked. That's not true. I don't really know anything. I just have That's thoughts. That's true. I'm going to isolate thoughts. that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, right. Don't use that against me. In you heard it here first, folks. Um, I don't want to go back to the way things were. And I've heard this sentiment echoed by other people because I don't think that the way things were was working well, especially when you're looking at work-life balance, Right. Right. Like a lot of people, um, again, not everybody because everyone's having a different experience, but I know a lot of people who really don't want to go back because uh, in working from home, they're able to have a much better balance. Yeah. They're able to cook for themselves. Yeah. They're able to work Probably out. Probably see their families more, obviously, than they would. Which can be a problem. Yeah, sure. Um, and then for other people, they're realizing wait, this world is pretty fucked up and it's messed up that I'm an essential worker at a grocery store and I'm not getting any benefits. Yeah. Or I'm not getting any safety or any support. Right. Or I'm in, I work in a hospital and why can't the hospitals get the support they need? Right. So I feel like no matter where you are, COVID has just put a magnifying glass on the issues. Your but, lot in life. Yeah, whether it's personal or systemic. That's kind of true. That's kind of true. related. That's kind of true. And so then what do you do looking through that magnifying glass and you're, it's like, it's like um, when you get one of those 
mirrors that magnifies your go, fucking folks. face. Here we go, folks. And you start to look at your face super close, you and you're like, like a funhouse mirror? Oh, you mean like a cosmetic mirror? Like a cosmetic mirror, mirror. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're looking at your face, yeah, and you're I like, I am looking at that way too closely. I don't do that. Yeah. And you start to see a lot of issues that yeah. maybe you were able to. You find before. imperfections. Yeah. That's a really poetic way that I just put it. Is oh, you well. find? Uh, let me take what you just said uh, and narrow it down and to one for beautiful it. phrase, yeah, guys. Well. Listen up. Get your pens and pencils out. It's you find the cracks and the flaws in your life, which makes you reevaluate whether or not those cracks and flaws are um, fixable, repairable, or if they're things that like would require you to. Make you need to make big, some lifestyle changes. Right, make some yeah. big lifestyle changes. It's I weird need to start because wearing sunscreen. Right. Actually, ironically enough, I've started thinking about sunscreen more because I've been outside. Well, <laughs> okay. here's why. No, here's why. Because I've been outside more in quarantine because yeah. it's like, well, the one thing I know I can do is bike. I yeah. can get out and bike. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm like starting to think about, well, COVID got people butt wild because if you already have a pre-existing condition, science says you're probably going to have more complications so i'm like i gotta protect my skin i gotta start drinking more orange juice um things that are going to keep me healthier so i have been a little bit more health conscious Mm -hmm. right despite the shape of my body despite how it looks on the outside (laughs) despite this thick shell of skin i have been paying attention to my health and the other thing is, I remember reading this amazing article. I wish I could remember where it was, who wrote it, and what it said. No, I wish I could remember who wrote it and where it was. But it's basically this woman saying people are getting very uh, verklempt about not being able to go to the gym mm-hmm. and not eating well. Mm-hmm. And you're eating for comfort. That's like what you're doing to kind of survive for some people. Like mm-hmm. you have all these other stresses and strains on your life. You know, you might lose your job, you're quarantined, you're taking care of your kids, there's a crazy virus in the world. So, you know, don't stress out about the fact that you're not going to the gym every day and don't stress out to, uh, don't stress out about the fact that you're, you know, eating cookie dough uh, or pizza every night. Like, you need this comfort right now. Don't do it forever, but, like, take, don't take so much, um, don't get so, so stressed out and take so much blame about the fact that you're eating like shit. And I did that, dude. And now yeah. I'm back on track of like, all right, I got to shed the, the fucking COVID-15 that I yeah. did. And I got to get my shit together because part of it is like, I really do want to be healthy. Like, yeah. I'm not, I wasn't really. I, yeah, I think when this hit, a lot of us. Cocaine and hookers will do that. Oh my what? God. A is lot it mic of on? Us, I thought oh, we turned the mic off. I'm a sorry. lot of us fell into terrible, I'm just going to ignore him. <laughs> fell into like really terrible, uh, not terrible patterns, because I actually, I really don't like those words. I don't like those judgment words. Yeah. I don't like to assign those values. But I think we all fell into, uh, like you said, for some of us, the worst came out. Um, I know that at the beginning, like, I was drinking a lot. Um, and also, I gained weight. Not just from drinking, but just from, like, eating yeah. whatever I wanted when I right. wanted. But here's kind of, I mean, your question was, is now the time that was well one of your questions and my and my feeling (laughs) my feeling is this is that just because something is outside of your control Mm -hmm. like covid travel whatever doesn't mean that everything is outside of your control and so i really do feel like where my question is always where is the empowerment and the empowerment is in what you can do what you can control and so is now the time to be changing your career or learning something? Well, it absolutely is because you can't control what's happening outside, yeah. but you can control your diet, your exercise, your personal growth. You can absolutely control what you're doing on a day-to-day basis and live a much more like a very fulfilling life. Right. And I say I say control and Please understand that I use that term. I'm not controlled all the time. In fact, I wish I had more self-discipline. I wish I had more control, and um, I don't. Oh, what's the vice? Um, what what isn't the is the vice, vice Miami Vice? Like watching Always. reruns. Um, what isn't the vice? Jesus. All right. Well, now we're talking. But I just mean 
it's so easy to watch something all day and to talk yourself out of even doing 20 minutes of physical activity. It's right. so easy to get pulled into that lull. Yeah. It's so easy to, uh, whatever, if your vice is drinking or eating or weed or, right. or whatever your vice is, it's just so easy to relax into that. Right. And it's much harder to push yourself. But I think we relax into our vices because we feel powerless. And actually, that's not the case. Like, we're not powerless. Do you believe, speaking of vices, do you believe... My glass is empty. That they're speaking of vices. (laughs) Do you believe... Where's the other bottle? We only get one bottle of wine per episode. That's what the sponsor told us. It's only been half. And by sponsor, I mean AA sponsor. We drank half of it beforehand. No, you drank half. Okay. I drank the other half. Okay. Um, do you believe that vices, this idea of vices, because I think of vices as things like the following. Anything that's an addiction, right? Would mm-hmm. you say that's a vice? Gambling. Sure. Drinking. Mm-hmm. Drugs. Mm-hmm. Sex. Mm-hmm. Could be a vice at some, to some extent. Um, technology. Let's throw that into the pile because that's where I'm going with this. Technology as a vice. Mm-hmm. We're so reliant on it more than ever because of COVID now. Right. That I can't, I think part of the anxiety of going back to the real world is a lot of extroverts have learned to become introverts because they have to. Yeah. Have you ever heard of extroverted introverts? Yeah. That's a, a noise the shit out of me. Why? Because I, f- I feel like an extroverted introvert. What does that mean? Well, it means that... When people say that, I, my body just titans it's so what well do you want to hear continue yes okay i'm I'm getting upset already so (laughs) i prefer i'm so sorry that you're up um i prefer to spend time a lot of time by myself and and when i socialize i like to socialize in much smaller groups i personally find it really um exhausting to be with large groups of people i'm a little too sensitive i'm too empathetic and um i I, it it makes me anxious but also i am pretty outgoing like i do enjoy connecting with people right um i have been known to be Here we go. Folks. I don't know if I would. I'm Here not, we go. I don't folks. know, like, if a life of the party. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I want to say that. Put lampshades on your head. But like, I'm known for talking to just about anyone, being able right. to connect with just. But isn't about that anyone. by definition yeah. what an extrovert is? But but internally, I don't feel that way. Oh. And well, I think a lot of people are like that. Does anybody really like being social all the time? I think some people do. Really, who? Well, not us, clearly. I mean, it just, it's, I like being social. Like, I feel like I'm extroverted in the sense that I like being social and doing things socially. But I don't necessarily seek it out. Right. You know what I mean? But I think one of the ways I, oh, come on now. Dude, you I can't couldn't even you. silence can't your phone. You. Okay, blame it on me. Wow. Unbelievable. That okay. You did that. Um, I don't even have a phone that makes that sound. Yeah, okay. You have a razor. (laughs) (laughs) It's literally a razor. I shave with it, and then I also talk on it. Hello? (laughs) How come nobody's saying anything? Oh, my goodness. It's an electric razor, though, so. Um, But I think for introverts, introverts lose energy when they're around other people. Extroverts gain energy from being around other people. And so you can kind of think of it like that. Do I feel more drained after I've been with a group of people or do I feel more energized? Right. And, you know, with anything, I think it's a spectrum. I think instead of classifying someone as an introvert or an extrovert, it's really a spectrum. Mm -hmm. And where are you on the spectrum? Right. And I think if you're an introverted or, sorry, an extroverted introvert, you're like just over the 50% mark of, like between extrovert and introvert, you're mm-hmm. like halfway plus a little. I think it's just it's 
what I don't like about it is that actually like an actual, real, legitimate technical term, or is well, something that somebody came legitimate? up with? Well, what do you mean by legitimate? Like, what like, is legitimate? Will you find it in a, in a like, oh, I'm diagnosing you as an extroverted introvert? Well, I don't diagnose. Or somebody, somebody can I know, but do can people like can somebody be diagnosed with that? Well, no, you don't diagnose like introvert you can be diagnosed or extrovert with anyway. AIDS or by the way, my background is in counseling, and I work at a nonprofit in mental health, and I don't wow. diagnose. Bragging. I'm not, but what I am saying is that. <laughs> That's not a diagnosis. <laughs> so when people say that, it's annoying to me because somebody's like, I have anxiety and I'm depressed. Oh, that's something that somebody can tell you you have. But that's somebody else saying, I'm this because I feel like what you're describing. And that's what I think is annoying. Okay, that's but, me. That's my opinion. Well, but, I know. And so I'm going to ask. And now you're saying you are one of those people. Why do you feel the so it's need? It's like this is the first and last podcast. Why, why, <laughs> why do you feel the need? For something By the way, to she's be... moving her head back and forth. Like, oh, my and, God. Like... <laughs> Don't listen to him. Don't listen. He like lies. Like, she's an independent woman who don't need no man. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Why do you need for something to be in the DSM-5 or, like, some textbook in order to, for, for somebody to resonate with something and call themselves that? Because I think it's another one of these... I want to be in a category that I can have, that I can explain to people. So I can't think of another example of that off the top of my head. But why does that bother you? Because I don't think it's it's real. It's like saying I'm, uh, I'm an empath because... I well, an empath's a real thing. I can't. Th- this is the thing. I can't think of an example. Well, here's my issue with what you're saying. You you're wanting things to be like black and white, this kind or of, that. Yeah. And that's just not the way people are. But, but you know I, that. I know you can have introverted and extroverted characteristics. Yeah. Is it introversial? How do you say that? Oh my god. Whatever it is. Is it con- Well, it's clearly controversial. <laughs> it's controversial. I have both of those feelings. But I'm like, oh, if somebody says, are you an introvert or an extrovert? I would say, I would say I'm pretty extroverted because I can be in social situations, although I don't necessarily always like it, and I can interact with people and it doesn't pain me to do it. But there's also times where I don't want to be social, where I like, I want to be by myself. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't say I'm an, ext- an, an extroverted introvert because I'm just like, it's weird. I don't know why. It's like a false title. It's like somebody saying, well, I'm the assistant manager when there really isn't an assistant manager. They just happen to be the second person like that's been there the longest. Yeah, well, it's like basically the same thing. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like a, a, jar, f- a jar of spaghetti sauce without a label is still a jar of spaghetti sauce. You just made my point for me. Oh, did I? Think, yeah, kind of. Because it's, it's the same. Like, why can't you just say I'm this or I'm that? I have the same, um, get ready for controversy. Are you ready? Guys, if you're okay. not down with controversy, turn off your listening devices. This is about to get so controversial. And I want your opinion on this because I believe that you are gay or straight oh and boy. that bisexuality, oh my that that exists. I'm saying that it can be oh, a okay. thing, that it's a thing. So again, it might be that somebody may make the argument that like, well, there's no such thing. If you like guys, you're gay. If you like women, you're straight. If you like both, you know, what do we call that? And I, and I think there's, yeah, I think there's people that do like both. So in that sense, I'm like, that's not somebody saying I'm self. That's something that's like, I do have an attraction to men. I do have an attraction to women. We call that on the Kinsey scale. What's that called? Kinsey scale? Yeah. I think it's, bi- is that bisexuality? Um, well, but the, yeah, the Kinsey scale just says that sexuality is on like a spectrum. Right. Right. And I agree with that. Yeah. And I agree with that. And maybe being an extrovert and an introvert is also on the spectrum. I think it's the the self-given title of, "Ah, I want the best of both worlds, so I'm going to say I'm this, but I'm also going to say I'm this. I'm going to... No. Yes. Oh, (laughs) shit. It's like an improv game. By the way, your glass is empty, so... Yeah, so is is yours. ...drink from that. (laughs) I'm trying um, to lick out the (laughs) remaining drops. Uh, So here's what I think you're reacting to, which is also, I think a huge in a way it's the elephant in the room which is wow you're, that's yeah, I'm talking it. about I'm you I'm a little overweight I'm talking about you <laughs> <laughs> can you stop referring to me as the elephant in the room and call me by my name well good, maybe try a new diet good movie we'll by the way <laughs> that's um, horrible I know I don't mean that you know I'm self conscious about my weight I don't mean that um 
So what I think you're reacting to is we really live in a world of polarity and duality, this or that, black or white. And that's such a limited way of thinking about things. And I think at one point it served humanity to categorize things in a way. But I think at this point in our evolution, it's really holding us back because we're not appreciating the complexity of the human experience and the human condition. So so why can't introvert and extrovert be on a scale just like human sexuality is on a scale? Just like, um, I, I love narcissistic is really a buzzword these days, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that person's narcissistic. And honestly, I definitely have dated some narcissists and mm-hmm. I'm okay. Coming up next week. <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> Saying that. We're going to do the ex-boyfriends episode. <laughs> but it's going to be six episodes. Oh, my goodness. A lot of Please stories. Please no. Please no. A lot of stories. But also, everyone is on a... Everyone is narcissistic to some degree, right? Even if you think you can save the world, that's narcissistic, you know? So it, it, that also is on a scale. So I think we really limit ourselves when we throw things into solid categories. And I think we would be... We would have a much easier time of understanding other people in the world if we could look at things in terms of everything in terms of a scale it's Mm -hmm. not nothing is either or like uh, you know whether we're talking about racist sexist ableist whatever right what's ableist like whether um you're disabled or not so i actually have never i don't think i've heard that before or if i have i didn't make the connection so, so you're like, saying that, don't you think that everything then... Like some, autism is on a spectrum now, right? right? They realize you're not one or the other. You're right. on a spectrum. Right. You're not introverted or just extroverted. Right. You're on a spectrum. You're not just gay or straight. You're on a spectrum. Right. And I think everything, you know, potentially could be looked at through that lens. And that's a really good point because that does mean that people's... Here's here's an example. So if, if I were to tell you this, where would you place me? Extrovert, introvert. If somebody calls me on the phone... Mm-hmm. I don't answer it, even if I can. Mm-hmm. I just don't, because I don't like talking on the phone. However, if somebody said, hey, I'm coming by, I want to drop by and see you, I'd be okay with that. The in-person conversation is okay, but I just don't want to talk. Are you wearing a mask? Uh, I probably would, yeah. <laughs> on the phone, you mean? My no, phone has a mask on. In person? Probably. Well, it also depends on how the other person feels. If they're okay with me not wearing a mask, then... Oh, okay. I would say. Guess it's like condoms. Like as long it as it, is. as long as there's consent, you're kinda okay is. not using protection. Kind of is. Um, okay. Remember, I remember I saw a meme or it was a joke or something where it was like, my boyfriend can't find a condom. Or no, 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 I just fucked it up. My boyfriend <laughs> always says he can't find a condom, and then I say, oh great, I really want to have a baby, and then suddenly he finds he the finds condom. One. <laughs> That's a tip for all you ladies out there. Uh, Free. So, but yeah, I think this idea of spectrum, but I think that if yeah. we look through the world, we look at the world on the lens or through the lens of this idea that everything is on a spectrum, even I have some very conservative views. There are things that I look at through a very conservative lens because I was raised that way and I truly believe it. But it's conservative in the sense that I believe it. I don't necessarily believe that everyone else should believe it, mm-hmm. but it's my belief. And I think that even my politics is on the spectrum, my faith is on the spectrum. Um, I personally am probably on the spectrum, um, but I think that it's tough because now we are living in a world, in a society where everything is black and white. If you don't think this, then you must think this. Yeah. If you don't agree with me about this, then you must and think it's, this. it's tearing our country apart. Right. And honestly, it, it's tearing families apart, this point of view. And I think... You know, like so many people, I have one family member, kind of like a distant family member on Facebook, and I keep, she's a white woman, and I keep seeing her post these things that's like, I didn't have a problem with your sexuality until you had a problem with mine. I didn't have a problem with race until you call me racist. I didn't have, you know, like posting all of- Who has a problem with her sexuality? The point is- She's posting all these memes yeah. that are like, 
defending her pro-Trump, pro-police, whatever stance. And to be honest, like, I don't, I don't care if somebody feels differently than Mm -hmm. me. Although I say that and, um, like talking about her, I, I do care and it, it triggers me and I, I'm put into a position where it's like, I don't really that, I don't really believe that engaging people in an argument is super helpful yeah. because I think most people don't want to listen to understand. They want to listen to respond. That's right. And I noticed that impulse in myself. So by engaging this person on Facebook, like what is, like what am I hoping to gain for that? And do I really think that will be effective? Mm-hmm. And then there's another part of me that's like, quit being such a defeatist. If you don't say something, how will she ever change her mind? And how will blah, blah, blah. But really I want to say is like, hey, there's space for you to... Do you ever engage with this woman? Like I don't, outside no. of Facebook? I, ha- I haven't. And if you Do you think if you try to take that approach that she would be open to it or would she just be angry and aggressive again distant family member yeah, i really don't it's know it's not worth it you're saying i i, I don't know yeah but my feeling is well, well i'm thinking about it and i just haven't quite decided like what to say but just say really comma bitch and say that for everything don't actually just really argue comma, bitch. just everything is really bitch and then yeah <laughs> she'll just keep building up I'm, and then you'll be able to say there you go folks and Ladies and gentlemen, that's it. my I'll great aunt. Read yeah. it on the podcast. Yeah, actually. Pull it up. Read something she wrote right now. No, I'm not going she, to. You don't think she's going to listen to this, do you? Well, no, she's And even not if she does, to. she's not going to know it's her. But here's, There's well, a million people But here's the bottom line. Way. Here's the bottom line. One, why, not, not why I understand, especially for white America, it's very, the feelings are very complicated, but like, why does somebody wanting police reform cause so much anger and upset in you? Why does somebody saying that they're hurt and that they've been mistreated, why mm-hmm. it, why does that trigger you? And right, this is like one example, but it's really uh, the perfect example because it's happening on like such a widespread level. So like on one hand, and this is part of my question. It's like, on one hand, I know that she's a human being, just like we all are. And she wants really the same things that we all want. She wants to feel safe. She wants to pursue her life. She wants to feel free to have her beliefs, right? And we all want that. We all want respect. You know, we all want security. We all want opportunity. We all want equality. And so why is it so so hard for some people to hear that other people haven't had that like that's because so i think it's this denial of um i'll tell you why because i have all the answers thanks wow i'm not a therapist armchair psychologist nor do i have any um qualifications credentials but mm-hmm. i'm pretty smart well read and know a lot yeah okay I think that what happens is... He's been reading Facebook all day. When uh, people are in situations where they feel cornered. Right. And I think a lot of Republicans feel very cornered. And I think a lot of liberals feel cornered to some extent. And there's such a divide. If you tell anybody that you're conservative, who boy, if you're in the right crowd, you're a dead person. But I think that people do, at their core, feel certain ways about certain things that would push him into one camp or the other. And they don't want to admit that. And it's about, it's like why I think a lot of white people get very offended and defensive about racism. Because in their heart of hearts, they want to believe that that's not them. Mm -hmm. And they're going to bend over backwards to tell you that. I don't see this, the, the whole Me Too movement, this is what I liken it to, if I was going to liken it to something. You're a woman. Yeah. Do we agree on that? We do. If you told me, I've had bad experiences with men. Men have done X, Y, and Z to me. And they're kind of horrible things that have not been good experiences. And you're a man. So I don't necessarily think this about you. But I think this about these experiences. 
I can't say to you, no, I'm not that person and I'm not, you know, and defend myself to the degree that I'm going to convince you that you're wrong. Because it's not about me. It's about this experience that you had with these other men that have made you create or not create, I shouldn't say create, made you come to this conclusion. Quit telling people everything I've told you. Look, (laughs) don't take credit for me too. We try to take credit for everything. Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, But my point is that it's, that's what it is, is that woman that whoever that distant relative is feels this, like this, this desire to say, I'm, she is almost a parody. It's like Trump in it to an extent has become a parody of himself because now it's like, there's nothing that he can do or say that's going to shock surprise or right. And any human being with a functioning brain who sees him on TV, hears him on the radio, reads about him, reads his twats, Twitters, whatever they are. If they're in the, in the, in in the forefronts of their mind thinking, uh, yeah, he's a pretty logical guy then there's, there's a problem. I think at some point, there's the mom, this moment of like, this dude's out of control. Yeah, but, but I have to save face. I can't about face now and be like, you know what, I was wrong. I che-. Because their beliefs are so important to them, and this man is a representative of that, but by turning their back, they feel like they're turning their back on everything else. And that's why I'm like, it can be a spectrum. You can say, and I know a lot of Republicans are, but you can say, this guy is a total fucking failure as a president. And he's a failure as a human being to some extent. And I'm accepting the fact that he's representing me, but it's not necessarily who I am. Right. I would be way more open to having a conversation with somebody like that rather than somebody like right. your Aunt Janine, you said her name was? Oh, sure, and yeah. And what was her Facebook page? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, anyway. Well, no. There you go, America. I just solved the problem. Yeah, wow. Thank you so much for your armchair mm-hmm. psychology. Mm-hmm. Um, You're welcome. But something you said a little bit, I take issue with because it's mm-hmm. part of the problem. I prefer you use umbrage. Okay. In this case. I take, I take umbrage with, are you done telling me what words to I'm use? I'm just saying it would have been better to oh, say okay. umbrage because well, it's just a little. That's right. You're the that's, man. That's you, harder hitting. You have the better ideas. That's right. That's true. I'm gonna isolate that. Oh, terrible. <laughs> terrible. Don't listen to anything he says. So, what was I even saying? Something about umbrage. Something about what you took you umbrage said. or something that I said. Yeah, which is that you write. Okay. I like to talk in parts because we're all multifaceted. Okay, part of me really does feel the way you feel of like, what's wrong with you if you're supporting Trump? Okay, but then I don't want to be treated like that. I don't want the people who are supporting Trump to say, what's wrong with you for having your belief system? Right. right? And that's part, of, that's part of being backed into a corner is that like people approach each other, whether it's, we're using this example, but really this can be applied to just anybody who's different than you, um, whether it's culture, religion, sexuality, gender, what, what, like whatever it is. It's like, why are you like that? I just, I just don't see it. I don't get it. And like, that's what makes pro-Trump people feel backed into a corner mm-hmm. and like they need to defend themselves. And then when pro-Trump people come at the other side and, you know, like, you know, I saw, I don't know. I've seen, I have seen some memes that are like against the liberal side and I have like a pretty strong reaction to it. Yeah. Um, what do you mean, like laughing reaction or? No, I don't know. Talk for a second, I'll pull it up. Oh, just like monologue. Yeah, here? just like talk, just like not about well, yourself. One Can time you do when that? I was a kid. Oh, Can you uh, one do that? time. Uh, well, I, I used to have this neighbor who lived oh, down boy. the street from me when I was a kid. Not that story. And his dad smoked a pipe. Mm. And he was the only person that I ever knew. Oh, okay, in I my got life. it. Okay, so this is the meme. I'll finish my pipe story. No, later. yeah, no, you're not going to. <laughs> um, How'd guy, you find it so quick? Guy, describe the American left in one image. Me. I'm Lauren, tall, blonde, communist, won't date a man who makes less than six figures. Wait, that's it? Yeah. I don't get it. It's saying that like people on the left are super hypocritical. Right. She's communist, but she wants a man to take care of her. Right. And 
I think people on both sides are hypocritical. Well, I, I do too, but that's the thing is like I see a meme like that, which if you're conservative is maybe funny, whatever. Mm-hmm. And for me, I saw that and I was like, I am liberal, but also I'm not like that at all. And I don't appreciate you painting all liberal women as mm-hmm. like communists who just want a man to take care but of But so you're secretly. doing the same thing that your aunt is doing. I, you're and overly defending it. And that's what I'm saying, though. Because part of it that twinges with... But that's what I'm saying is you that any time we approach something with that kind of energy, yeah. it's going to evoke a defensive response. And so yeah. if we want less defensive reactions, we need to be approaching other people differently. I agree with that. And I agree with that. you're not going to like this, funny man. Oh, boy. Here but we you go. have to be like careful about how you're using humor. Very true. Here's the, here's the umbrage that I take with that. Because you're right. And it's not just that. It's, you know, I've one of the things that I do when I'm not uh, solving problems, talking to you, is I work a lot in the theater and the theater community in general is in quite the state, mostly because of coronavirus, keeping people from going to theater, but also because there's there's a question about, I think, art in general. What is the responsibility of the artist in this mm-hmm. time? With everything going on in the world, what are we as artists supposed to be doing? And everybody thinks they know. But the problem that I have is that there's a gray area between, a really big gray area between what an artist should be al- not even allowed to do. The art and what people perceive is allowable and acceptable in today's world. So I'm going to use... A comedian that I love, Anthony Jeselnik, if you've ever seen a stand-up. No. Very dark, very dark. Amy Schumer, we'll use her. Very dark, sometimes crosses that line into inappropriate, sometimes crosses that line into offensive. You know, and people react. Dave Chappelle got in trouble for it. Amy Schumer, I think, has been called out. I mean, every comedian, to, to some extent, has been called out. And comedy is the one place in the universe that I feel should be untouchable. I just don't think that anybody should have any input into whether or not you can say it's not funny and you can say I was offended and you can have whatever feelings that you have about it but I feel like it's the only area that shouldn't be touched because it, it comedians are the only people on the planet in my opinion they have a really hard job they're, they're observing the world they're taking what they observe and they're turning it on its head to some extent and somebody is going to be offended by something. You showed me that comedian the other night who was really funny who did right. the, ha- the Hamilton bit, right? Yeah, yeah. And it was great. Um, but at what point do then you start to police that to the extent where it's like these things are okay to joke about, these things aren't, stay away from this or do you say as a comedian I'm, I'm going to trailblaze or an artist and I'm going to, you know, because it, to me censorship is where shit starts to disintegrate when you start to police what people can and can't say. And I'm talking specifically about theater and to some extent art. The media is a different story because the media has a responsibility. They really do. And I think the media should be regulated. Right. They should be told that you can't tell people that this is happening when it's not it's true. It's not. Sure. But there, unfortunately, there are people who get their news from Facebook. I mean, there are people who read Facebook and they're like, I heard uh, Kanye is running for president. I'm voting for him. Well, I you did you, you did say that you were going to vote for Kanye, and you had your Kanye for president. I had on. to tell you all about Kanye. Speaking of Kanye, one second. Let me digress for oh one second. Oh, my goodness. Do you think he's on the spectrum? Do you have ADHD? I, I do. No, he's not. He's but, bipolar. But he had that public breakdown that you yeah, told but, me about. Yeah, that you haven't seen. He's bipolar, which it. is something... But it was at a rally that he... Called like did he even t- tell these people to come? I mean, from what I can tell, I I honestly like I don't know how that rally or that speech. I'm I'm not like I am not clear on the context. I have to watch it, but, but it um, sounds. But it's like that, there's something going on. That's there. something else, though. I mean, that's a, like a totally different topic. Now we're talking about like what does it mean to right. be bipolar? But but let me get but let me just finish my what my thought was, and then you can and then I want you to respond to that. But I I think that there. The, the way that this trickles into theater and art in general and films is that now there is a um, there is sort of a calibration of what's okay and you measure a particular product by what story it's telling mm-hmm. and who it can potentially it's cancel culture 
I guess is what I'm talking about. And it's about finding all the things that are going to be offensive about something or finding all the reasons that this shouldn't happen instead of saying, let the work happen, let it speak for itself, and if people don't go, then they fail. And that's, that's on them. It's, it's putting something out into the world. And I'm talking about anything. Yeah, but... You know, white, white supremacists have the right to march and protest. I don't agree with them. I don't think that they're good people. But I don't want to say to them, you're not allowed to have your freedom of speech because you're, it's hate speech. And yes, I do think there's, there's also a gray area there where it turns into violence. But censorship's a very scary thing. And the shit that they used to censor back in the day, where you look at now, you're like, this was to keep people from, you know, f- f- growing and strengthening their, their opinions or, or, or thinking outside of the box. And that's just where I am with it. Well, no, Sorry, I, we're out of time. There's no time for you to oh respond. Oh, my God. See you next you. week, folks. Clipping so such like a stereotypical Dramatic? male. Um, I prefer to be monotypical. Okay, well, anyway. so it's one speaker. So, also coming from a theater background, I don't... I think art should be art, but I think we also need to be cognizant of what message we're sending and to be intentional about what message we're sending. Theater, right? Theater is storytelling and storytelling is essential to human, uh, to the human experience, whether it's understanding ourselves, understanding ourselves in relationship to what happened to an event, um, understanding other people, Storytelling is just from the like from the dawn of time is how we start to understand things, and so when you're looking at storytelling, whether it's theater, songs, movies, YouTube videos, you do have to ask yourself. Dance. Sure, you do have to ask yourself. Well, you really pulled that out of your theater history book. Um, <laughs> Used to do it. <laughs> um, Semaphore. You have to ask yourself what story am I telling. And why? And so I don't think it's... But what if my story diametrically opposes your story? I don't... I do agree with you that I don't get to have my right to free speech and expression and deny yours just because I don't agree with it. And in fact, again, I advocate for curiosity. And I'm not saying don't be hurt, don't be offended. Exactly. I'm, I'm just saying that when we are able to get curious about the things that we're opposed to, the things that make us uncomfortable, then we have a way forward. Yes. And when we and it's impo- shut down, we don't. I think that uncomfortableness is what people respond to. When you see something, and I'm including myself in this because I've seen things where I'm like, oh, I hate that person or that character or that whatever. Because I somehow on a weird level relate to them. And when you see people talking about, and and I'm going to bring up something else here in a second. When you see people talking negatively about Trump and Republicans and you're a Republican who supports Trump, you take that on as your own burden of, hold on just a second, you're talking about me. Um, Let's talk about the Karen situation. How much time do we have left? We have about five minutes left on oh, the podcast. Great. So, and I'm going to give you the last word. This is this oh, is a, a segment so, that we're so doing. That's so generous of this you. This is something. This is a segment that we're doing called the last word with Jasmine, and it's really me posing a particular question. I don't say anything. I nod. I bite my tongue. Sometimes I punch the table, but mm. I don't say anything because it's Jasmine's opportunity to get the title of the segment, yeah. the last word. So. Thank you so much for what allowing that. What do you that. think is w- w- this idea of calling women, mm-hmm. certain women who are of a certain personality and characteristic, mm-hmm. Karen. Look at this Karen at the 7-Eleven. Look at this Karen at my Starbucks. Oh, this Karen got you know cut in line to get to the head of the line. One, and I'm not kidding about this, women named Karen are like, Upset. what the fuck? And two, it implies something very sort of derogatory, not just about, well, I don't even want to put anything in your, in your head about it. I just want you to respond. And now, the last word with Jasmine. Can I take a bathroom break? Oh, my God. <laughs>
Yeah, but when you come back, no. you, you have to tell us if your pee smells like asparagus or not. Oh, my God, we just had asparagus. asparagus. I know, yeah. I know. That's podcast fuel. Um, here, I have to acknowledge like a little bit of hypocrisy within myself. And the, the Karen movement, we'll call it, <laughs> um, the Karen the movement... Right, like, I find kind of funny. Like, I understand the um, demographic that it's talking about. But at the same time, like, I think about my own name, Jasmine. If there was a movement with my name painting all people who are Jasmine, what would I really hate as, like, um, white supremacists, right? So similar, like somebody who is ignorant, not aware. And if my name was being used as the symbol for that type of person, I would also have a problem with it. So like on one hand, because I'm not directly affected by it, it doesn't bother me. On the other hand, I can really empathize with that if it was my name, I probably would have a problem with it. And... Even though I'm not offended by it, that doesn't mean that it's not offensive to some people. Um, I don't use the term Karen, but I also have not gotten angry about anybody using it. And I'm not calling anyone out on using it because I just don't feel like it's that important. But to some people it is. And it's like if one group of people has a right to be offended, then the other group of people has a right to be offended on some level. And the problem, though, is that that just goes back and forth. Like, I'm upset. Uh, oh, you're upset? Well, now I need something to be upset about to prove that I get to be upset, too. Well, well, oh, so because I'm upset at this, you have permission to be upset at that. Well, that's invalidating to my version of upset. Good character voices, by Thanks. the way. Thanks. And so I thought this, I thought you weren't going to say anything. I'm, I'm just, that's peanut. Stop it. That's more stop peanut it. gallery just, comments. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm, what I'm really opposed to is getting caught in that cycle of, again, we're talking about right, wrong, good, bad, black, white, and I don't. I don't live in that space of polarity or duality. I I live in a space in between that. And so, on like I said, on one hand, I don't think it's like a big deal. But on the other hand, like if someone's upset about it, who am I to say that you shouldn't be upset about it? And maybe that makes me, I don't know something maybe it means I don't have a strong enough opinion or backbone but I just don't find it helpful to go back and forth in that way and that's why I don't think that way I don't know does you that can, make sense absolutely it made sense to me you can email us at the humans chai that's the human chi at gmail.com or you can email Jasmine if you'd like to speak with her directly at jasmine, J-A-S-M-I-N-E dot R dot lake at gmail.com. Yes, you have a more complicated I know. Life. Just deal with it. We will be back. There will be an episode two, whether you like it or not. And uh, thanks for listening. You probably can follow us somehow or subscribe or something. We'll figure that out. We'll figure that out later. Good night. I smell weed.